Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm terrific. Oh, wow. You know, because I need to share with our with our listeners a little bit about my walk this morning. Mm-hmm. So I was sharing this with you just before we, we hit the record button. But so I've now walked in three seasons, three out of the four seasons. And I'm planning on walking through the fourth season, which is right around the corner, which would be winter. And what I've noticed is there's so many things on just this small area near my house where I walk that I don't think I've ever recognized how beautiful it really is. I mean, I've driven by, mm-hmm. but when you're walking, it's different. And I actually stopped. Today was a cloudy morning. I, I knew I had to get out when I did because it was going to rain. Um, I do have to wait till it's bright enough so that nobody hits me because um, I'm not going to walk in the dark. But there's just these trees that were incredible. And then I found this leaf that was just the, the brightest red laying on the road. That I I picked it up and put it in my pocket. People must have thought, what is wrong with this old man? He's like, <laughs> he's stopping and he's looking at trees and he's, you know, and it was, it. what amazed me was the brilliance of the color, even though there wasn't any sun. It was like overcast. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed something that when I walked past these trees on the way back, they didn't look as brilliant as on the way out. And then I realized it's because the wind was blowing. And when I was walking north up the road, I was seeing the underside of the leaf, which is not as brilliant as the top side of the leaf. So I'm just, uh, that's why I'm terrific today, because there are so many amazing things if we just take the time to look. Mm-hmm. And today, it, this morning, I did. It's, you know, it's kind of a, a side effect of the time right now, right? The time that we're yeah. in that we're not really addressing by name. Um, we won't. And you know, we may I never. We may never go back. <laughs> we may say, "Remember back in 2020 when we had that thing." Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I've noticed that that I've had more time to like slow down and recognize some of those things. Yep. And I think also because of my girls. I mean, I my daughter has a leaf collection in her drawer. Mm. So you can imagine what happens after like a couple of weeks of those leaves collecting. Yes. Um, but I can't, I can't stifle her excitement for these no. leaves. But now I find myself because I know how you know excited she gets. I'll be hanging clothes out on my line or something like that. And I'll just catch a glimpse of, you know, a perfect leaf. I'm like, I got to pick up this leaf. <laughs> You have to show and it to admire it and bring it in and show the girls. Yes. And it's like, it's yeah. a leaf. There are about, I don't even know how many in my yard right now. <laughs> I did have this one. I did this this one moment when I kind of wondered, why didn't I plant some of these trees 30 years ago when I built my house? They're so beautiful. Because I didn't. I, did, I didn't. Pl- now, mm-hmm. we, did, we did some major landscaping about 10 years ago, uh, nine years ago. But when I know why we didn't before that, we didn't have any money. Yeah, it's expensive. We, were just, <laughs> we just built this house and that was, and we barely could afford that. And. Mm-hmm. So anyways, but it was just slow down, folks. And, you know, be, well, what we're talking about, you know, the post that went out last week was the journey, which is talking about our life journey. And mm-hmm. and John Maxwell saying the joy is in the journey, not the destination. And so this is part two. Um, and we're still talking about the journey. And, and I really think that 
with all of this the the craziness of this year the blessing is that we all kind of were pushed off cruise control mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm back to trying to go into the office two days a week um i don't know if people really like me to be there but well there's nobody else there well there's a couple people there, but, <laughs> but you know i'm trying to to do that so i still have three days a week when i'm saving an hour a day in transportation time mm-hmm. and i take 30 minutes of that in the morning to do my walk. Yep. So, and it sounds like I, you know, I won't be ever doing more than two days in anytime soon. So at least those three days a week, I'll still have that extra hour. Yeah. To use on better things or for better things. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to, we, I said we would talk about steps. And one of the things that I talked about last week was that, you know, the reality is that we don't need to know, nor can we always know what the next step in our journey of life is. But it was Coach Wooden that said, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. Now he was, John Wooden was, was probably the best coach, athletic coach ever in the history of, modern history of the world, so to speak. Um, and he, and for him, People would say, what was the best part about coaching? Was it the games? He goes, no, no, it's the practice. He enjoyed the practice, and everything was scripted down to every moment of practice. So he really understood that preparation is the key to being ready for the steps that come. Mm -hmm. So I decided, well, what might, how do you prepare? How do you, how do you get ready for steps when you don't really know what the steps are? So I, kind of grabbed some books that I had and put some thought into this. And I've come up with six. And we're going to talk about, I wrote about three, and we're going to talk about all six because we can do that on the next page because we don't have to keep it to three to 400 words. So the six are these. Um, the first one, believe in yourself. The second is embrace practice. The third was live life with perseverance. The fourth, be courageous. The fifth, remain teachable. And the sixth with accept help. So I, I think the key for us here is let, let's kind of go through the first. The first one, clearly believe in yourself is key. Mm-hmm. You have to believe in yourself. And I, I, I saw this interesting quote, the sure enough syndrome. If you expect to fail, sure enough, you will. If you expect to succeed, sure enough, you will. So do we believe in ourselves? And I mentioned to you, and I, and I won't read the quote, but um, I mentioned to you a, a, something I saw a, written about another book where, where an author said, we, um, a, the average person reaches only 10% of his or her potential. Wow. That's startling. So, <laughs> isn't that startling? Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. So when you, he- you know, what, as you know, I always love to ask you questions that I don't tell you I'm going to ask you. Go for it. So why do you think people don't believe in themselves enough? Um, I think that we have stories that mm. we've told ourselves or yes. that other people have um, kind of projected onto us um, exactly. for one reason or another. You know, you've talked about how you thought you were lazy for yeah. a long time in school and that was that was your story right and right 
it was really that you hadn't found what you loved yet um, and, right. and what you were really good at. And so I think we, like every single, every single one of us, you can do as much self-work as you want, but I think we all still have stories and they right. can cloud um, the, the belief we have for ourselves. Exactly. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't remember where I read it, but it was something like when you're, when you're telling yourself these stories in your head, right? Like if you're looking at something and you're like, well, you know, I'm not smart enough to do that. Yep. Or I'm, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not skilled enough to do that. Right. There's a lot of small business owners who say, I'm not, I'm not good enough to, right. to take this full scale to, to ask yourself, like, who said that? Right. And to actually step back and be like, well, who's, who said that? Who said you weren't smart enough? And it, you know, nine times out of 10, we're maybe more, even 10 times out of 10, it's just you, right? It's yes. like you saying like, well, I, I guess I said that. And I formulated this thought based on um, feeling inadequate because of what I saw on Instagram or things like that. Yes. So I think it's, right. um, that, that I think is the big thing that gets in the way. Exactly. You know, and we have, so it's, you know, what kind of stories are you telling yourself? And and we have a society that seems to profit on victimization. Like, well, you can't help it because you just weren't born with this or you weren't born or, or you can't help it because, you know, you're, you don't look like this. Or, and the sad part is, so there's a twofold danger in that. One is we miss out on truly victims that need help. Mm-hmm. That's a tragedy. But then the others, it gives people an excuse to not try. And not succeed. So we have that chance to say, you know, because the, what really what what and you hit you only you hit part of of what I used to wrestle with was it was people when I didn't do well on a class that said, well, you're lazy and you don't care. Mm-hmm. And and that wasn't the case at all. I cared a lot, but I hadn't figured out how I learned yet. And so and so I, I didn't know how I to learn clearly what they were trying to do in a lot of cases wasn't working. So I clearly came across as lazy and don't care. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside, it was, it was really difficult. So I told myself the story that, well, you can't do that. You know, and it, thankfully I had people that believed in me and just said, no, here, give the, here, try this, try this, try mm-hmm. that. And so that's, we have to, we have to, tell ourselves and tell our families and tell our communities we can do anything we put our mind to because really we're only using maybe this 10 percent is true maybe we're only using 10 percent of our potential that means that there's 90 percent left for us to tap into and we begin so you begin by by changing the narrative changing the story that you tell yourself Instead of saying, I can't, you just say, I can. And that's, we've talked about in the past in our podcast, that, that major shift between can I or can't I to how can I. Mm-hmm. You know, when, if we say we can or we can't, there's a chance that we, we, we honestly believe there may be, there's no solution. But by saying, how can I, we're saying there is a solution. I haven't discovered it yet. So people need to believe in themselves. You need to hang around with people that believe in you. You have to find people that have, that are thinking bigger thoughts than you're thinking, that are trying bigger things than you're trying. And the more you're around those people, you'll realize that, hey, I can do that too. 
Because you can. Mm -hmm. We can do anything we put our minds to. Number two is embrace practice. And I, you know, I love this one. Uh, you're never good the first time at anything you do. And, and I remember when my kids were starting out playing instruments and, and I, because I was a <laughs> trumpet player, wanted all my kids to play brass instruments because I wanted to have my own brass quartet within my family, <laughs> um, which was great. But I loved it how we would go at the beginning, you know, and the kids would bring the instrument home for the first time. And the teacher would say, now, listen, parents, they're not bad. They're just beginners. Mm hmm. And I would say to my wife, no, they're bad. <laughs> you know, I am being totally transparent here. A first-year kid playing a brass instrument or any instrument, they're no good. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Why would we say it's not bad when it's bad? But anyways, I know because that's not good parenting. But So we're still encouraging it. So what I want to do is say, okay, you know, you can do better. And then I celebrate the improvement as they practice. And, and all my kids played, played very, very well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and here's something I noticed. It doesn't matter how good I used to play. If I don't continually practice, I can't anymore. Those were some really humbling moments when my kids were playing and I wanted to play with them. And I couldn't because mm -hmm. I hadn't practiced. But the more you practice, the better you get. So we need to embrace practice. We need to understand, again, you're not going to be good the first time. The first time you do public speaking, you're not going to be that good. The first time you write something, you're not going to be that good. But if you do it, you know, a thousand times, yeah, you'll get pretty good. So practice is one of those things. Understand, and understand that you should be practicing things that fall within your giftedness. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't do me any good to practice things I'm not good at. So kind of work on that. Um, so did you ever play any instruments? I did. I played piano. So piano is one of those beautiful instruments that you don't sound as bad when you're learning. <laughs> That's probably because if true. You strike the, if, you, if, if the piano is tuned and you strike the key, mm -hmm. it will play a perfect note. That does not happen with other instruments that you have to put your mouth into or on. Yeah. You know, but but even a piano, yeah, you, mm -hmm. the more you practice, the better you get. Mm -hmm. Live life with perseverance. This kind of goes with the practicing one, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're not going to, and, and, you know, and I used to, maybe people are going to think I was such a horrible parent. <laughs> you know, I would just say to my kids, if you want to sound better, you got to practice. Mm -hmm. it's, that's all there is to it. But stick with it. Um, somebody else said uh, they were talking about push-ups. And uh, one person said their goal was to just do one extra push-up every day. Hmm. Wow. And, and he said, it's amazing that, you, that he was able to do that. Just keep adding one every day. But if you said do 100 push-ups, I can't do 100 push-ups. Right. You know, but if you practiced it for 100 days, yeah, you could. Mm -hmm. So it's that, that, but that's the perseverance pre. The other neat thing about perseverance is it compounds. It just gets better. And, and um, Vince Lombardi, who was the, the legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers, 
He said, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of determination. Persistent people keep moving. So one of the, one of the things we need to do to be prepared for every step is just keep moving. Just keep, keep keeping on. Mm-hmm. How about courageous? This was not one that was in my post. So when you think of somebody who's courageous, who, what comes to mind? Hmm. Let's see. You know, I think that's one of those words that's kind of hard for me to describe. Um, but I think about, what I think about is like fostering courage in, in children, because I think that's where Good. you get the most bang for your buck. If you invest in, in fostering courage in children, whether if they're your own children or if you're like a coach of a sport or yep. like I used to teach dance, um, that is one of those investments that pays dividends. If you can foster that in children, it's something that they carry with them for forever. Um, sure, you know, sure. you, like, especially when it comes to like standing up to peer pressure or to yes. other things that are going on in school, right? Like bullying and things yep. like that in school. If you can um, raise kids who are confident and courageous, that carries on with them forever. Good. How do you teach them courage? I think you model it first, just yeah, with all things with yeah. parenting, right? Sure, um, sure. Model it first and then, you know, encourage them. And like, you know, today I talked to my older daughter just about like voting and why it's important to vote. Mm, and, yes. um, you know, that even though voting is different this year, mommy and daddy are still voting and here's why we're doing it. And then she, we, I invested a lot of time in this conversation and then she said, do you think that you're going to win or that daddy's going to win? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't really know how good my talk was, but sure. I tried and yes. she's four. Um, but it, I, you know, it, I kind of it, think that um, modeling behavior is really important. And yep. um, yeah, I mean, just kind of letting them take a stand on things, yes. even like little yep. things, right? Um, uh-huh. If I think about my friend's kids who um, decide that they want to be vegetarian or they want to be vegan and that they're, you know, telling their family, we understand that you don't want to do this, but it's like important to me and I want to do this. And, and like being cool with that and saying like, yeah, yeah. I, I support you. Uh, yep. Teaches them to think for themselves and to have right. Right. a mind of their own and do so respectfully, of course. Sure. And, and doing things outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, little things. Um, you touched on a bunch of the ones that I had here. You know, you grow your courage by doing the right thing, not the easy thing. Mm-hmm. Take a stand for what's right and good. Speak up when others are being taken advantage of. You know, that, that you know, kids standing up against bullying when somebody else is being picked on or whatever it is. Or in, in the office environment, if the team is talking about someone else behind their back and making you know, terrible comments is, hey, we need to stop. That's not acceptable here. Um, small acts of courage will grow into greater acts of courage. So you just become comfortable, again, being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Trying things you've never tried. 
um you know that 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 thing being out of your comfort zone again it just again we're not good the first time but it's what's the worst thing that's going to happen to us the people people they actually people have said that that other than death the next greatest fear is public speaking wow well what's the worst thing that could happen to you yeah you know that nobody's going to shoot you for giving a bad talk but but people just they're not comfortable with it and and we you know we, we can't live in fear when you when you live in fear you don't live Mm-hmm. So being courageous, being willing to take a smart risk, not a foolish risk, but a mm-hmm. smart risk. Right. I think that's one of the things you like really need to have in place to, to be prepared to welcome opportunities when they come knocking. Um, beca- Absolutely. Because you, that is stepping outside your comfort zone. It, it, otherwise, it wouldn't be an opportunity. It would just kind of be your normal cruise control life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think people, people should take, you know, do a little bit of a, of some reflection. Mm -hmm. You know, what challenges are you not willing to accept right now? You know, Mm -hmm. and are you, you know, what is it you're afraid to say? And if this, if it's not, you know, I would never encourage anybody to make mean, nasty, condescending comment, but if there's things that you're just afraid to speak up about that you think you should speak up about, hmm, maybe there's a courage issue there. The next one is remain teachable. I love this one. Yeah, this one was um This one was hard. Um cuz pride gets in the way with teachability. So, um I I a couple quotes that I found here statements nothing is interesting if you aren't interested. So the you know, do you have a hunger to learn? And and sometimes my family jokes, um, my son Mike in particular, because he and I are very similar, he'll he'll say, you know, we will find these rabbit holes of things that are just really, really interesting. And, you know, evenings when I can't sleep, I'm sending him all of these <laughs> special links to videos about things that I didn't I think this is so cool. Did you know this? And and he'll do the same thing. And the problem is we we're interested in so many things that I don't think we ever get really, really good at one thing. But just be open to learning. Mm-hmm. Um, learning is meant to be a lifelong pursuit. And then I like this one. Success can stifle our teachability. I did my, uh, my first session in the fall semester of transformational leadership. And the first book that we talk about is What Got You Here Won't Get You There by Marshall Goldsmith. And the point is that success can be a killer. Because all of a sudden we think we're good when we're not. Because we have to continue, continue to grow. Pride is the number one hindrance to teachability. Pride closes our minds to new ideas and new truths. We need to learn to listen more. So those weren't bad. When I read that, I said, yeah, I agree with all of that. But then I got to, I found this teachable assessment. So... When you read through that list, what what thoughts come to your mind? Um, I really liked some of these questions. Like, do I listen more than I talk? Yep. Because I'm a talker. I'm a talker and I ask a lot of questions. Well, asking questions is good. Yes. But I think I ask probably too many. (laughs) Uh, So I really like that one. I think that's like a really... A really good assessment and like not just hearing but listening to people right um, right 
Oh, that's a huge difference. Yeah, big difference. Yeah. So let me walk through these 10. Am I open to new ideas? And, you know, and really just ask yourself, are you really open to, to new ideas? Do I listen more than I talk? Um, clearly people would say, no, David, you do not. <laughs> Am I open to changing my opinion based on new information? That's a good question. Yeah, isn't it? Some of these were just like, oh. So it's different from being open to new ideas. It's like the next step. Like, Yes. Can I am I willing to change my position? Mm -hmm. Do I readily admit when I'm wrong? And I kind of think I do. Mm -hmm. But it's, that's, it doesn't always mean the same thing as am I willing to change my opinion? Mm -hmm. So, um, because, so for instance, maybe I don't admit, maybe I don't change my opinion, so I don't think I'm wrong. So that's where there's kind of a crossover in that. Uh, do I observe before acting in a situation? And yeah, people that know me real would say, no, you just act. <laughs> do I ask questions? You know, I, you know, the best leaders are the best people at asking questions. The more questions you can ask, not only are you smarter, but you're like, you, people like you. If you just take interest in other people and interest in what they're doing and interest in their lives, they're drawn to you. Um, am I willing to ask questions to expose my ignorance? Ooh. Mm -hmm. this, this was one of my big problems when I was in school. I didn't want to sound stupid, so I never asked the question, so I remained stupid. <laughs> it was like, man, if you just would have asked a few more questions, you might have learned something. Am I open to doing things in a way I haven't done them before? Am I willing to ask for directions? Are you, David? <laughs> yes, actually, I am. Um, I'm not afraid to. There's nothing worse than driving down a road and refusing to stop and ask for directions. Now, the good news is now you know, we have GPS. We have GPS, so we don't. But I, I you know, hey, Siri, tell me how to, I got to be careful because my phone and my, my iPad might start talking. To, as soon as I said that, I looked over at my iPad and it lit up. That's funny. Oh, my. See there? She's mm -hmm. dinging and finging. And... I hear okay. her. If I ignore her, she'll, maybe she'll go away. <laughs> okay. See? <laughs> I heard her say okay. All right. We have to quiet her down. Cancel. Cancel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is live radio. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, no, I do. I do ask for directions. Um, but I probably didn't. As much when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I guess as you, when you get older, you realize you have less time left. So fighting over <laughs> doing it without knowing how is, why would I waste that time? Uh, do I act defensive when I'm criticized mm. or do I listen openly for the truth? Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about it, these teachable assessment, this teachable assessment is really good for us. It's good for me to just read through this a few times. I should probably read through this a few times a day. <laughs> it should probably be part of my daily affirmations. You know, it's my daily teachable questions. Because it does tell us whether or not we're teachable. And if we're not teachable, we will not be ready for the next step when it comes. So that's the key. Lastly, do I accept help? Um, 
one is too small a number to achieve greatness. Teamwork divides the efforts and multiplies the effect. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. And even our thoughts aren't good enough without someone else helping us think them through. And I thought that was, you know, that was one that I knew, and we've done podcasts on that, you know, how do you expand your thinking type of thing. But even our ideas are better if we get some help. And I really think that especially when we're faced with steps in life, we should take the time to get some feedback from people. Who's your inner circle? Who are, the, who are your advisors? Who are your coaches that, that help you think through life? Because you need them. And if we're prepared, when the steps come, we'll be ready to take it. And it won't be so scary. That's it. Yeah, I, I think this is, of course, a lot to think about. But even since we since we discussed last week's post, um, you know, I've been tr- trying to think more about enjoying the journey and yeah. igno- and acknowledging the journey and kind of just pausing to think about, like, okay, what you know, what is this teaching me, or what is this preparing me right, for? Right. And um, it's exciting. I think. It is. It's easy to say, oh, this is so daunting. Like, I had to do all six of these things regularly to be, to prepare for what, what might happen to me next. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think remaining teachable and, and constantly learning, like, that's exciting. Um, it is. It doesn't, it could seem intimidating right now because there's, the world has changed a lot and things have right. changed really quickly, it's, especially with technology and doing things virtually and um, but I think it, if we look at it from the standpoint of like, this is exciting, I get to learn something new and what, what yep. doors could this open for me? Um, I think it's just, it takes, if you take that level of challenge out of it and, and add the excitement and it makes yep. things feel a little bit easier. And I think exactly. accepting help too. Um, it's great mm-hmm. to have someone to talk through things with. And to have as a thinking partner, I think it's also really great to have someone to share your stresses and anxieties with. Right. Um, I mean, I know for me, I, I'm a worrier. I worry about things a lot. But when you can vocalize it and share it with mm-hmm. someone, um, they can ask you a couple of follow-up questions. And then you realize, like, I can release that. Like, I don't need to be worried about that. Like, I don't need to be anxious about that because... You know, even just a simple, like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? It's, and right. then you, you recognize it's really not that bad. Or, you know, my sister-in-law has told me before, like, don't put a down payment on that. You don't need to put a down payment on that worry. Exactly. Um, you know, you, you don't want to put a down payment on it and then hope it comes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. So just let it go. And I think that that's another way of accepting help as you, you know, go through journeys and take smart risks and make decisions is to have someone to think through things with and to share, share your stresses and anxieties with. Absolutely. Those are some great points. So we want folks to really enjoy the journey Mm -hmm. because it really is filled with joy if we look for it. Yep. Any special plans for the weekend? Huh? Um, not, not that I can think of this weekend. We are moving cruising through 
our fall bucket list has been a lot of fun. And Good. last weekend, I went ahead and made the winter list. Oh, there we go. Yes. So I worked really hard to balance it so that it wasn't super holiday heavy because then it'd be like a, you know, one month of packing things in. But, um, I think we have a good balance. I already sent it for printing. It's ready for me to pick up. And my mom said, are you crazy winter already? (laughs) And I said, yeah, because you know, some of those things will start in December, which is very, very, very close right now. So how many items are on your fall bucket list you know i i want to say in total it's like maybe 28 wow or so and we really only have a few left um and and i think i mentioned last week some of them are inevitable like thanksgiving's definitely going to (laughs) happen so right right it will happen definitely going to happen um so yeah we're we're really close and all i have a plan for all of them so they're all kind of scheduled or at least know roughly when we're doing them yeah I'm excited. Well, you know, I'm glad to hear your your next bucket list is already at the printer be, and ready to be picked up because, mm-hmm. you know, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page. Mm-hmm.